welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. Remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today is the first of a two-part series on China, on the human rights abuses it imposes upon its own people, on the attacks of the world, whether it's the virus, whether it's the spy controversy trying to infiltrate the United States government, whether it's coercing and basically bribing United States companies so that they support the Chinese policies, and also deals with the Vatican, right, to the detriment of the faithful, the underground church in China. And so today we're going to speak with Reggie Littlejohn. She is the founder and president of the Women's Rights Without Frontiers, an international coalition to expose and oppose forced abortion, gendercide, and sex slavery in China, right, the human rights abuses that I mentioned. But Reggie, will also brief, has, who has briefed officials at the White House, the State Department, United Nations, and the Vatican, will talk to us today about what she's told them, what she's seen in her years working in China, and what we can do to help those in China, but also be alert on our own shore of what China is trying to do as it tries to infiltrate the world to be the world's great power, that it really is a threat and we need to stay awake for this. Reggie, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much, Deacon Jeff, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I've been following you for a couple years, and I know you've been doing it for a lot longer than that since, like, the 90s, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I started out, I'm, in a, I'm a graduate of Yale Law School, and I was a complex commercial and intellectual property litigator in San Francisco, but I also represented Chinese refugees for their cases of political asylum. And that's, my first refugee was somebody who was persecuted as a Christian and forcibly sterilized, meaning that they dragged her out of her home, held her down to a table, and, and performed the surgery without anesthesia. And she was permanently disabled from that. Okay, so that so in the mid '90s was when I found out that uh, that the one-child policy was what they, they had been. The Chinese government has been saying that they, that it was voluntary. I, I discovered in the '90s that it was enforced forced abortion, forced sterilization, and even infanticide. And I also learned about the religious persecution of Christians in China. So um, that was the mid '90s, but I didn't actually found Women's Rights Without Frontiers until almost ten years ago. Um, so, but, but there's, there's a long history there of, of me being aware of these issues and advocating on behalf of them. So, I mean, the work you do is phenomenal. Uh, why don't you tell people the website because I can get going and then I'll forget to ask you. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So our website is womensrightswithoutfrontiers.org. That's womensrightswithoutfrontiers.org. Uh, again, I encourage people to go there to see what's going on. So you are like the only group that I'm aware of that's on the ground in China actually helping the atrocity, you know, trying to, you know, help those that are struggling with uh, the regime and the atrocities that are being uh, imposed upon them. So what is it that you guys are doing and what are you seeing on the ground in China? Okay, so we are in one small area of rural China. And you're right, we are the only organization in the world that's on the ground inside of China that is actively saving baby girls from sex-selective abortion and saving abandoned widows. 
so uh, it is really, really hard and even dangerous to have a, a network inside, on, on the ground inside of China, which is why it is so rare. And what we do is in our area, um, so, so because of the one-child policy, which is now the two-child policy, and I should say, I, I want your listeners to understand, just because China has moved to a two-child policy, it was announced as China abandons the one-child policy <laughs> as though they were abandoning coercive population control. Nothing could be further from the truth. Okay, so in the Xinjiang region of China, where they have an um, ethnic minority, uh, Uyghur Muslim population, they are actively, forcibly aborting women up to the ninth month of pregnancy, forcibly sterilizing them. And these are the third children, okay? So you get the two-child policy, third children are still forcibly aborted, unmarried women are still forcibly aborted, women are being sterilized um, as an act of genocide, in, in, in my opinion. So... It's still happening in China, and it's, it's, it, it, people need to understand that. It's, it's not a thing of the past. Now, under the two-child policy, there's something called gendercide, which is the sex-selective abortion of baby girls that is still alive and, and, and active in China because of son preference. People want to have a boy, and so what happens, even under the two-child policy, if the first child born is a girl, they'll let her live thinking we can have a boy on the second child. And then there are a, a lot of couples who will abort and abort and abort that second child until they get a boy. There, a few years ago, there was a woman whose husband forced her to abort four baby girls in a year, and then she died, okay? So, so this is something that is still happening, um, and, we, and we have a Save a Girl campaign in our area of rural China where our network will identify women who are being pressured to abort or abandon, give up, give away their, their daughter just because she's a girl. And we have field workers that will go to her, their door and say, congratulations on your, on your baby girl. Congratulations. You know, girls are as good as boys, which is a, a message that is not heard in rural China. Um, and we will give you a monthly stipend for a year to empower you to keep your daughter. And what this stipend does is, number one, it, it provides them with encouragement. No one has ever told them before that girls are as good as boys. Number two, it lets their family know because it's usually the husband and his parents that are pressuring the wife to abort or abandon her girl. It lets them know that somebody is, is aware of the situation. They can't just do this in the dark. And then number three, what it does is it gives the, the mother the ability to go to her husband, to go to her mother-in-law and say, look, um, you know, I can't abort. I can't abandon this baby girl. She's a lucky girl. Look, she's already bringing money into the family. And we have um, saved hundreds of baby girls this way. It's $25 a month. It's $300 a year to save a baby girl from either being aborted or abandoned. Or sometimes the mother is just so impoverished and stressed out that, that, that they're thinking of giving the way, away the girl just because their family can't afford it. Um, and that's something that's actually arisen more after the pandemic, that the, um, the devastation in our area because of the pandemic. Um, we, have, we know of people who are actually thinking of giving up their daughters as an extra mouth to feed. And we're enabling them to keep their daughters by giving them this $25 a month. And, you know, I've heard on, you know, other interviews you've done, and, and I think just to put this in perspective, I mean, you know, abortion is heinous. And what we see in the United States, you know, since Roe versus Wade has been an atrocity, but there have been more children aborted in China, right, than the entire population of the of 
United States and Canada combined, right? So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. You can jump on. So I sometimes get comments, you know, on my work like, why don't you just, you know, uh, fight abortion in the United States? Okay, number one, there are many wonderful groups who are already doing that. No one else is saving babies in China. We're the only ones. And number two, the need in China, believe it or not, is, is, is much greater. And as you mentioned, under the one-child policy, the Chinese Communist Party boasted that they had prevented 400 million lives. And that was, that, that was like a long time ago. That was like, I don't know, seven or eight years ago they said that. They, China has 23 million abortions a year. Okay, so for every abortion we have here, they have 23 in China. So China has four times our population, 23 times our abortion rate. Uh, there was a report in Radio Free Asia a few months ago that, 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 according to a Chinese Communist Party outlet, news outlet, they had 8 million abortions of quote-unquote extra births last year in China. Well, what are extra births? Those are third children or children of, of women who are not married. And those would have been forced abortions. So that's 8 million forced abortions just last year. Uh, so they have a, a crying need for us to stand up for them. Like you said, pray for them and help us help them. Uh, because China does not have freedom of speech. And this is another thing I have to tell people. We in America, you can go to a pro-life rally. You can stand in front of, you can be part of 40 Days for Life and stand in front of an, a, 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 a Planned Parenthood or an abortion center and pray openly Usually, I mean, some people are getting dragged away even doing that. But in China, if you oppose the one-child policy, man, you are—you've got the internet police at your door, and you're going to—you you, know—the the, the blind activist Chen Guanchen opposed the one-child policy on Chinese soil, and he was jailed and tortured for years. His whole family is persecuted. That's what happens to people in China who try to say what I say. Well, you know, and, and you know, I don't want to get off too much on a on a tangent, but all people have to do is look at what's going on in Hong Kong. Right. This isn't even about the one child policy. It's about their freedom. And people are being arrested. Right. They just had the multimillionaire Jimmy Lai, who's probably the most famous Catholic and faithful Catholic in Hong Kong, who was arrested because he wants to speak the truth. And so anytime you disagree with this communist government, you're in deep trouble, aren't you? Well, that's, that's right. It's, it's becoming increasingly repressive and uh and 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 jamie lie is 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 just a very high profile he, he runs he ran i guess now the apple daily which is one of the most popular newspapers in hong kong just trying to say the truth and then uh china china has this new um security law that they're a uh, national security law and he was uh, arrested for alleged collusion with foreign forces which i don't know you know what that but it doesn't matter, as well as fraud. China does not have a rule of law. They have laws on the books, and they just, but they just do whatever they want. They're very result-oriented. It's like they want Jimmy Lyon in jail, so they just put him in jail, and they come up with some trumped-up charge. So, yeah, you, can't, you cannot speak the truth from Chinese soil, even from Hong Kong. So that's why I feel, because I know what is going on, uh, that I have a moral responsibility to say something and to do something because they can't on Chinese soil. No, which is which is mind-boggling. And you know, as you know, you've worked to save 
the lives of babies, especially girls, baby girls in China. You, I, I don't know when did when did you understand or realize from your ground efforts that widows and suicide rates and the lack of taking care of of these women became such a huge issue. Well, okay, so. First of all, thank you for asking about the widows. I mean, everybody loves to talk about the babies, and um, it's, it's so much harder to get people to care about the widows. Uh, but, you know, the widows are really suffering. I call them the invisible victims of the one-child policy. So the babies who are forcibly aborted are, are obvious direct victims of the one-child policy. But in the Chinese countryside, traditionally, um, Families were very large. They had farming families. And so then when a couple got old, they would have an extended family to take care of them. And now because of the one-child policy, there's no one to take care of them. And these widows are just abandoned. They are destitute. And they're, they're killing themselves. So China has the highest female suicide rate of any country in the world. Uh, approximately 600 people a day, women a day, in their lives. And then China's Senior suicide rate has skyrocketed over the last 20 years in conjunction with the decimation of the family in connection with the one-child policy. Uh, so, so what we do is, I ask my children, you know, are there are there abandoned widows in our area where we're saving the baby girls? And I said, yeah, there's many, many. I mean, there's many, many, many more abandoned widows than, and they're much easier to find because they're just right there. Whereas, yeah. you find a family. You know, that's where the wife is being pressured to abort or abandon her baby girl. I mean, that's kind of a, a family secret, so it's not out there. We have to really work to find those those families. But with the widows, they're just right there. And, like, one of our widows, she was so poor that she bought herself, she only ate salt a couple days a week, no food, and then, you know, for two days a week. And then she bought herself a rope to hang herself with when life just, just got unbearable. And so what we do is the same, th- we do the same thing for the widows that we do for the families, the babies. Our skill winner will go there once a month and just spend time with her. And we will give them $25 a month um, that will enable some of them, you know, to in- improve what they eat. So that they're, you know, and, and, or even we're in an area of China where it gets really cold during the winter. Some of the widows choose to, to, to buy like a little brick or something that will help them be uh, warm during the winter. But, you know, so many of them have come to faith in the Lord, which is another thing I just want to mention. Um, our field workers are very strong uh, Christians, and um, like one of the widows recently just said, I, I never I had heard about Jesus, um, but it was the first time that anyone came. Now I know he's real because somebody has come to my door um, because of their, their love for Jesus, and a lot of these people are coming to faith. So that's how we help these widows, and, and we pledge to just... The, the baby girls get uh, $25 a month for a year, although a lot of them have been on the program for longer than a year. But for the widows, we just say, you know, we're going to give you $25 a month for the rest of your life. If we can. I mean, obviously... Sure, if our, sure. If our, okay, and, and in terms of prayer to the listeners, please pray, please pray that God will continue to protect our network under the shadow of his wings. Because if they get found out, they're, t- they're, t- they're, they're taking their freedom into their hands, okay? They know that this is very dangerous and that, I mean, talk about colluding with foreign forces. You know, the Women's Rights Without Frontiers is, a, is, is an American organization. Um, 
the, the government would not be kind to them if they were found. So please pray for the protection of our field workers. Well, and I think, you know, to that point, and I, I don't know what it's like where you guys are in China, but if you look at what's going on with the we- Muslim Uyghurs, I mean, the surveillance in China would blow people's minds here in the United States. I mean, I'm irritated because, you know, I think they're going to make you take the, the the COVID shot and have you on a list. That's nothing compared to what they do in China, isn't it? Well, you know what, Jeff? I wish, or Deacon Jeff, I'm sorry. I wish that I could agree with you, but actually I think that there's a lot more surveillance in the United States than we are aware of. That yeah. Our phones um, track where we are. Yeah, that's true. Uh, especially people, you know, when they send Gmail or whatever else. I mean, you know, and, and, and when you do Internet searches, when you buy things online, all of that is tracked. And there's a, there's, a, there's a profile of each one of us. And if the wrong people get in power and they decide that uh, being pro-life is, is a hate crime or, or, or being in favor of the traditional family, is a hate crime, or being against the vaccine is a hate crime. I mean, mm-hmm. it would be very easy for them to find us and, and detain us. So I, I, I Yeah, it is, know, it, is, it is bad here. But, I mean, in China, they are, like, uh, leading the way in terms of, you know, retina scans and, and tracking, I mean, and actually using the material that you're talking about they're collecting here, right? Right. I mean, okay, so... Yes, China is ahead of us as a surveillance state. But one of my messages I'm trying to get out to people is we have the technology right now um, to do what, what they're doing. We know we don't, we're not employing it for evil reasons, but Yet. if a lot of people got in power, it could be employed for evil reasons. And um, so anyway, so yeah, in, in China, they're much more open about it. So for example, they have actual surveillance cameras in the churches. Now, actually, a lot of our churches have surveillance cameras, too, but they're just trying to make sure that there aren't any crimes committed. Right. But in China, they are surveilling. They, they, they plant spies in churches to report on members, to report on the pastor, to make sure that his sermons are, are, are lift up the Chinese Communist Party more than God. You know, um, And they have facial recognition. They track people everywhere they go. Um, and then they have this thing called a social credit system, where they rank you uh, in terms of basically your reliability as a Chinese communist. Uh, so there's something called Xi Jinping Thought, and they have an app where everybody is required to spend a certain number of minutes a day listening to Xi Jinping Thought, and then you have to answer questions to make sure that you were listening to it. Oh, I'd, be in de- I'd be in deep trouble. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 then it goes to your work, and so if you didn't listen to your Xi Jinping thought yesterday, you can be demoted at work. Um, you know, and if people have a low social credit score because they don't listen to Xi Jinping thought, and maybe they actually took you know part in a, in, in in a protest or something, um, they can be denied the right to take out home loans. Their kids can be denied the, the right to go to any school they want to go to. They can be denied the right to travel. Um, I mean. And, and, and then I recently read something about how China is moving to a cashless society and so that people with a low credit score are not going to be able to buy groceries, all right? Uh, so, so, so this is very, very frightening. But I would also say that I oppose moving to a cashless society in the United States uh, for the same reason. So, yeah, they're ahead of us. They're way ahead of us. But, but yeah, it's no, it's no better roses here, that's for sure. 
Um, and before I get off the, the thing, you know, what's going on on the ground and, you know, one of the, one of the other, you know, bad things lead to other bad things and the one child policy, what's going on with sex trafficking in China because of that one child policy? Oh, well, the one child policy, um, is, is unique in driving sex trafficking in, in China, um, within China and from the surrounding countries as well. So there's something called the TIP report. That's the Trafficking in Persons Report. And that report um, ranked China as a Tier 3 nation, which is the worst rank, because they are such a... Um, they provide women for trafficking to other countries, and then they are a major... Um, the, the, uh, destination of trafficked women because there is a, a, a gender imbalance uh, because, I don't know, somewhere between 30 and 40 million ex, quote-unquote extra males in China. So they depend on trafficking, trafficked women to, to stop insurrection. And that's another reason why, why China is one of the worst countries, worst offenders in the world on this is because the government itself will not really cooperate, will not do what it takes to end the trafficking, in my opinion, is the reason that they know that if they actually did stop trafficking, they would probably have insurrection on their hands because there's 37 million extra males who are very frustrated. Yeah. Because their wives were aborted before they were born. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, bad leads to bad, and anytime you start doing this stuff, I mean, the, the repercussions and the ripple effect are, are atrocious. And to think, you know, a, com- a country... With, with the wealth that they, you know, flaunt and use around the world and their, you know, their people, you're talking about the widows and different, are destitute so much so that you have to provide $25 a month so they don't starve to death. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and also just, just I want to mention this about the widows. Um, the, the government of China did start providing, like, minimal survival stipends to, to um, elderly, I think especially widows, because I understand that this is a problem, but they are requiring these widows to renounce their faith in order to receive the stipends. So um, according to a report in Bitter Winter, there was an elderly Catholic woman who was, who was receiving a small stipend since her husband died in 2018, but then um, local officials, Chinese officials, threatened her that her subsidy would be stopped unless she would remove images of Jesus from her home. And they said, quote, because the Communist Party feeds you, you must believe only in it and not in God. And when she refused to remove the images of Jesus, they canceled her little subsidy. So, you know, these people are heroes of faith. Who knows what's going to happen to her without that little subsidy? Well, hopefully, hopefully she runs into your people because in the end, uh, you know, the coercion, I mean, it's such, uh, it's such a terrible situation over there yet the whole world somehow seems to be catering to China, except really the United States over the last four years, right? Under the Trump administration, they're probably one of the few, if any, that have stood up to China. President Trump and um, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo have been absolutely heroic in terms of standing up to the Chinese Communist Party. And, I, you know, so they just, they are leading the charge for Chinese human rights 
and also uh, separating ourselves financially from China. Did you know um, that under the Obama administration, there was an agreement that was signed um, that, 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 was, that gave Chinese companies a free pass in terms of the securities regulations um, you know, on, on the SEC, that they that the, these Chinese, that American you know mutual funds were allowed to invest in Chinese corporations, um, but the corporations did not have to provide the kind of financial um, disclosures that American corporations do. That's dangerous for American investors, and the Trump administration is doing something to end that. Thank God. Well, I mean, it's. It- it, again, it's it's atrocious what's going on in the world and how everybody caters to them uh, when their ultimate goal is to take over the world. I mean, they want to be the superpower. They want to be the it. And because they, you know, filthy money, people deal with them. It's it's like dealing with the devil, isn't it? Yeah, I, w- I would say so. I would say that they are completely evil. And let's not, I just want to repeat your words. Their goal is to take over the world. Their goal is to take over the world. Let that sink in. Um, this is not a joke. I mean, the, 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 you know, they have something called uh, unrestricted warfare. It's, it come out as a book, and it was written by some um, Chinese military, like, I don't know, 20 years ago or something. But their goal is to basically take over the world, and the United States is number one in standing in their way but never having to fire a shot, not to have to do it um, militarily. They want to do it through, um, you know, th- through infiltrating, you know, uh, the education system, the, uh, the political system, uh, the economic system. That's how they want to do it, by, is by infiltrating and influencing uh, rather than having a military kinetic war. And we got to, we've got to wake up to this. We've just completed the first of a two-part series on China. Not only its human rights abuses, but its attempts to kind of really take over the world and really enforce the Marxist communist ideology on all of us. You know, Reggie has done a great job of working to protect the human rights violations that are going on with the Chinese people. But she also, as you've heard, has great insight in terms of what's happening to the world, whether it's deals with China, whether it's what's going on with Hong Kong. She does a great job. So stay tuned, go to respectliferadio.com and listen for part two of this series as we continue to talk about China and its abuses.